Hi, this is Maureen Milliken. And this is Rebecca Milliken, and this is GroovyTube. And it is our 21st episode. Yes, the crimes of the Brady Bunch. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? Yes. I don't remember. It's a Jan episode, Try, Try Again. And this is season five, episode 10. And I want to point out, I won't go into details because listeners will see it for themselves, but Lloyd Schwartz, as we talked about in our re-recording of episode 18, brags about how they don't repeat plots. (laughs) But the plot for this episode was seen at least four times before in certain ways. The most obvious one was her sister Shadow, where Jan tries to be like Marsha. Then there was Jan, the only child. There were some very similar elements. A Peter episode, the personality kid had very similar elements. And a Bobby episode, the winner, where he's the only one who hadn't won a trophy, had similar elements. I also want to say one of the books I have lists all the seasons and then each character and plots related to them. Oh. And Janet has not only has the fewest plots, but I feel like her plots are almost uniformly worse the storylines are worse she's treated she's always a psycho look worse that my aunt jenny one the previous season i thought was probably the best jan episode but even that you know still had those elements of her self-esteem issues and all that right and lloyd schwartz makes no secret in his book about his antipathy for her and her mother yeah i really not jan i'm sorry yeah towards eve plum and her mother and i really feel like it comes out that they just didn't give that much of a shit when they gave her a plot and he talks too i remember in our, our early episodes about how she wasn't that good an actor and maybe that's true but that doesn't mean give her shitty scripts it means work with her and i know help her out in the opening scene it's an exterior view of this ugly office building right it looks to me like some kind of insurance company or maybe an urban prison <laughs> christopher knight on the podcast the real brady bros said it was actually the metro media building which was a studio where all the norman lear shows were filmed so all in the family mod the jeffersons all his shows so that was the building and i don't know how they picked their exterior so we see the exterior shot and then there's piano music in the background and then we're in an interior it's a ballet class in progress this ballet class has all three Brady sisters, but I didn't notice the cameras following Jan around. I noticed Cindy. I did not notice Marsha. Marsha's apparently in the, it too. Jan is one of the students. She's definitely not the best. She's clomping um, around. She's sweating up a storm. She's clomping around. The teacher, it keeps showing her she looks increasingly distressed. She yes. cannot hide her disgust. She's frowning. <laughs> She's frowning and shaking her head as she looks at Jan. She she even cuts the song off in mid. No. She doesn't let them finish. Is she just noticing that Jan sucks? I mean, apparently, like Jan's been in class for right. been going to ballet class for years because they went a few right seasons ago. Anyway, yeah. the class ends and Cindy runs up and asks her about the recital. Miss Claret, the teacher, says the girls who have been chosen's names are on the bulletin board, and recital is usually the end of the end of whatever the term of your class 
they have a recital to show right. everybody. And everybody's. And so everybody in is in it. In real life, the men or whoever who wrote this don't seem to understand. And, you don't pick people for the recital. They're right. all everybody's. In it. And also, so apparently that thing was up on the bulletin board for the whole class. Yeah. Nobody noticed it. All the girls run to the board, but Miss Claret tells Jan she needs to talk to her. The girls are excited. And the teacher starts talking to Jan, and Jan says, Look, I know I'm not in the recital. She's like, Ballet doesn't come easy for her. And the teacher teacher says well there'll be other recitals and jan says thanks but i won't be around for them right and um, jan's very matter of fact about yes it. she is the teacher doesn't look very upset either and my thought too is so is jan the only one who isn't in the recital because know called over their special and i can identify with jan because i'm as raceless as <laughs> me too plum was pretending to be in that scene yes i think that she's probably a lot better than that mm -hmm. the next scene's in the kitchen mike is tasting something from a pot as and alice and carol hover around and it's so unsanitary he's practically got his face in <laughs> the pot we learn it's spaghetti sauce and he puts the spoon back in after he tastes mm -hmm. from the yeah mike says it's not quite right there's too much oregano and I wanted to say our Uncle Dom mm -hmm. that said that oregano has no place in Italian cooking. It's a Greek herb. And, and I always think of that because I name, don't use oregano. His usually. name, by the way, was Dominic Rossi, 100% Italian. So he knew what he was talking about. And also mom would always say, we don't put oregano in our sauce. Carol says it's impossible. She put the exact amount that the recipe calls for. And Alice says she did too. Haha, <laughs> a couple things there. First of all, too many. Oh, well, Mike says that, but too many cooks spoil the spaghetti. But what stuff. the fuck is Carol even doing? Why is Alice there? If Carol's going to be messing around with the food, no food? shit. I, if I were Alice, I'd say, "Look, bitch, and you're also, paying me to cook. Get your fucking ass out of this kitchen and go do something useful." And also leave it to a couple white bread wasps like the Brady's to follow a recipe for I tomato know, sauce. I know. And the, the two women, when Mike says that, you know, he's joking around and they both say, you can cook anytime. And Mike says, yeah, I can, but not now. I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. And he says he used to be a good cook. And Carol says, you mean until your can opener broke and you got <laughs> married just so you can get fat? <laughs> Mike says, I could make a souffle that would have you begging for more. And Alice says, what, bicarbonate? <laughs> and now souffles are not difficult to make you whip the eggs right it's like an omelet you just put it in the oven and it rises carol says whenever mike is ready he can take over the kitchen and mike says it's a deal so this is the subplot has been established yes. i don't think the subplot and plot in this ever get together though. no they don't the boys are in the yard playing ping pong on a ping pong table we have never seen before and we'll never see again after this episode that's true Jan walks up. Uh, she's wearing cool plaid pants. I used to have some kind of like it. Are those those high-waisted ones yes. she's wearing in the next episode? The too. ball rolls over to Jan and she crushes it with yeah, her foot. And I love it. It's Psycho Jan has returned. She just steps on the ball and And Peter's like, hey. Otherwise, they don't seem too upset that she just no. crushed their ball. Every time something goes wrong in these kids' life, though, they're like that when they come right. home. They're all, right. they, melt, and they right. take right. it they out They totally melt down. Then Jan goes into the kitchen where Alice and Carol ask her, how was ballet class? Jan says, awful and walks out carol says i wonder what happened 
And then Marsha and Cindy come in. Like I said, I didn't even see. This is the first time I'm like, Marsha was in the class. I know, I didn't didn't notice her at all. Carol asks them what happened. And Marsha tells them that she and Cindy and some other girls were chosen for the recital. But Jan wasn't. Oh, Marsha, I'm sure you're really upset about that. Cindy says, Jan sank during Swan Lake. (laughs) And Marsha says, she tries, but she's so uncoordinated. And Carol says, well, not everyone's cut out to be a ballerina. And maybe she'll improve with more classes. And, and Cindy she's says, been going for five fucking years. I know. And Cindy says she can't. She quit. And Alice says she's really taking it hard. Mm. What's wrong with quitting something that you're not good at and aren't enjoying? I, that's what I said. Maybe she just doesn't enjoy it and she doesn't want to waste her time doing something she doesn't like and she's not good at. Is right. there something wrong with that? Right. You can't explore your options. So now we're in the girls' room and it's the new decor again. Carol comes in to talk to Jan, who's lying on the bed. And Jan says, you know, I'm as graceful at ballet as an elephant is in ice skates. And Carol says she's sorry about the recital. And Jan says that she's the stumblefoot of the century. Carol says you can't be that bad. And Jan says she really wanted to dance. Carol says, well, maybe ballet is not your thing. There are other kinds of dances, tap, jazz, folk. Jan says, that's true. And Carol says, you never know till you try. Mm -hmm. And I'd say if you're a true dancer, you're in tune with your body. And even if you aren't a ballet dancer, per se, you would be able to be graceful and move with the music. So I don't think it would matter if she tried another By now she's 14. It's not like that's old. But by then you kind of know physically what you're into and what you're not. I mean, I'm clumsy as fuck when we were kids i don't know i feel like i was always more realistic about what i'm good at and what i'm bad at but then again we didn't have all these activities we decided if we wanted to do something or not mom and dad never said oh why don't you take dance all right i think (laughs) when liz and i took piano lessons when i was like eight nine ten was the only time we ever and i was awful at that because i didn't practice but was the only time (laughs) i can remember that it was their idea or mom's probably idea that we do something and that way i remember you because i remember there was that picture of you with the little parasol (laughs) yeah you're you're so cute you're so cute but i was but that was only like six so right the next scene is the brady house at night Mm. we're in the kitchen mike is wearing an apron that's tied very high up on his very high strangely carol and alice are watching him cook and he's making a three cheese souffle Mm -hmm. and he sets it on the counter he pours it in the little souffle dish and sets it on the counter and says they have to be very careful jan comes in with tap shoes uh, she's also she's acting manic you know her mm, like manic. very manic yeah she tells him she's been taking tap lessons and she wants to show them what she's learned where did she get the tap shoes i know i don't know she twirls around and she knocks the souffle on the floor right which gets all over everything and she looks stricken and mike, mike is bullshit mike is a bit annoyed he asks if tap dancing was Carol's idea, and she says, well, she was trying to cheer Jan and up. I do want to say, too, that I think Jan's behavior shows she's headed for a major oh, yeah. breakdown. Yeah. And I also want to point out that there are, as the tapping starts bugging everybody, you can get practice tap shoes that don't make 
that noise. I learned that in a recent, not the most recent, but a recent Elizabeth George mystery novel. Yes, where, Barbara. Um, yeah, where Barbara is forced into um, <laughs> taking, taking tap. tap. Well, Mike wants to know, what about the old soft show? Mm. <laughs> so Greg is up in his attic room playing the guitar and Peter is taping him mm. on a tape player. And suddenly they hear a loud tapping. It's Jan in the bathroom below dancing. Now, why she's practicing, I guess because it's a hard surface. Oh, yeah. Peter says, guess who? And Greg says, the blonde woodpecker. <laughs> and he bangs on the floor. Marcia and Cindy are outside the bathroom. Jan's tap dancing causes a figurine to fall off a shelf and break on the disgusting carpet. Marcia is pissed. Cindy says, maybe we can glue it together. And Marcia says, it's not the glue. That's not the problem. What are we going to do about us coming unglued? It's like, what about mm, Jan? I know. She's freaking unglued. So we're in the kitchen and Mike's eating breakfast and he tells the ladies that it, the breakfast is terrific. Mm. Alice says, thank you. And Carol asks if the chef has any tips. And Carol is wearing this dress. She's worn it before. It's this giant rickrack, you know, that zigzaggy right. trim rickrack. This is giant, though, the mm. trim. And Mike is wearing a really wide tie. Alice says Mike is backing away from his offer to cook. Mm. Mike says, well, I already made a souffle. And Carol says, you almost made one. And Mike says, okay, on Saturday, he's going to make an entire gourmet dinner. And he won't tell them what he's making. And Carol says, we have to know what the ingredients are <laughs> when they ask us at the hospital. <laughs> That's a good line. And also, why do a gourmet dinner? Why not just make some meatloaf? And mashed potatoes Yum. and a nice salad. I don't know. Oh, dinner that sounds really good. I'm really hungry right now. I'd like to have someone cook. But you know what? Like I said, I'd be really fat. Me too. Not if they Fatter. cooked. If I couldn't go in the kitchen at all. And they, I only ate what they made me. Yeah. But if you were rich, you could have somebody who cooked for you and made healthy food that tasted good. And that's all you could yes, eat. Yes, exactly. You know, it wouldn't be like brownies and cake. and. Yum mashed potatoes (laughs) bobby and cindy come in they tell carol something needs to be done about jan and her tapping carol says they'll talk about it later marcia peter and greg come in and tell carol the same thing she says maybe if jim practices she'll get better greg says no way peter says he saw (laughs) he saw a bear (laughs) on tv who could do it better Uh marcia says jan has no talent for it and of course, she's saying, right, when she's saying that Jan comes in. Right. And Jan says, I guess I don't. And Marsha apologizes for hurting Jan's feelings. And Jan says, no, Marsha's right. She has no talent for tap dancing and no talent for anything. So that's two things, both dancing related. I know. So does that mean she has, she? there's nothing in the world she can do? Because these two very specific dancing related things she can't do. Carol says, that's not true. And Jan says, yes, it is, and leaves. Alice and Carol look upset. Marcia says she didn't know Jan was there. Fuck you, Marcia. You're right. Carol says Jan just needs to keep looking until she finds something she does really well. Like it's this thing that you have to do. Right. You have to keep looking. Oh my God, you have to find it. And also throughout this episode until the very end, 
maybe Jan should be allowed to figure out her own talents without people making suggestions to I her, know. and then her racing off to do it. Yeah, you, you it's not up to them, I right? Marsha has an idea. Mm-hmm. She knows something Jan can do. She'll tell them about it after she arranges it. Right. Now we're in the backyard after school. Jan is wearing a hat, which I guess she has to have in order to practice, and a baton. Marcia's telling her about being a drum majorette. Apparently, Marcia was one. Of course she was. But the thing is with being a drum majorette, first of all, Marcia could not have been one because she was a cheerleader and you can't do both I know. because they both happen at the same time. But also, that's not something, oh, I'm just going to be a drum major and do. That's one of those things that everybody vies for and you have to bend with the band and all this yes. shit. Marcia says one of the fringe benefits is a band full of boys. And I'm like, no offense to band <laughs> kids out there, but the boys in the band no, were they not were the not. most sought after. No. They were not. <laughs> and they also, were it's not just my league, but they were not. Chances, she hopes she can do it. And Marcia says, it's easy. And it's like more than twirling a baton. I know. You have to march and twirl the baton and do all the formations and stuff. Carol and Alice are watching through the window. Carol says, what a great idea. Jan is struggling with the baton and Marcia shows her how to twirl it and Jan begins twirling it. And Marcia says, now go faster, faster. And now throw it. And Jan throws it right through a window. And you knew that was going to happen. The window did not have glass and yet it shatters anyway. Yes, it does. Jan gets upset and says, why don't you say it? I'm no talent. I'll never be good at anything. Never. And runs off. We knew yes, that mel- that was we, coming. We knew that meltdown was coming. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen a meltdown like that for a while. From no, Jane. we haven't. Yes, it was coming. She had suppressed it. Yes. For quite a while. Well, there hasn't been a Jan episode for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're in the kitchen. Greg is watching Alice play solitaire and he catches her cheating. He's like hanging over her shoulder watching. Mm-hmm. They're drinking hot chocolate. Mike, I'd like some hot chocolate. Mike, Carol, Marcia, and Cindy come in. The recital was great. Carol says Marcia and Cindy were the two best. And Marcia says, don't be so unbiased. <laughs> they asked if everything is all right. And Greg says everything but Jan. She hasn't left her room all night. In our family, would anyone have noticed if somebody hadn't left their room all night? No. No. And in this family, they're always in their room. That's right. Unless they're like standing at the top of the stairs. Right. Alice says she tried to talk to Jan, but on a scale of one to ten, Jan rates herself minus three. Mike, Mike is really freaking empathetic. Yeah. Mike's (laughs) like, Jan's a big girl. She's going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Gee, Mike, fuck yeah. you. Mike, where are your platitudes in lecture when it comes to Jan? Carol tells the girls to go to bed after having the hot chocolate. Mike and Carol hug to bed. It's like, Jesus Christ, how early is it? Marcia says, poor Jan must be the most miserable member of the human race. Mm-hmm. And Cindy says, that's a race you can't quit. Mm. Alice says, and it's the only race in town. Mm. Greg says she's lost her confidence. She just needs to be good at something. And then Greg has an idea. Well, he says her problem is that she lost her confidence. I'm like, the problem is she needs serious mental health intervention and has for years. That's what her problem is. Yes, she does. 
yeah, so Greg's great idea. I'm thinking, no, you don't. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Now we're in the backyard. Greg is with the boys and he says to make it look legit. He says this is the first time he's ever thrown a ping pong game. That's what he's saying to the boys. Mm-hmm. They start having a fake conversation where Peter and Bobby say they don't have time to play with Greg. They're saying this as Jan walks out. Right. Greg says he needs the practice. He's going to be in some tournament, apparently. And Yeah, and you know, in this family, people should know by now, somebody is lying to you if they say they're going to be in a tournament or contest and needs you to do something. Yes. Greg asked Jan to play with him, and Jan says, okay, but she's not very good. And as they play, Greg keeps complimenting Jan and he loses. He tells her she's better than she thinks. And Jan's really excited she won. And at the end, Greg's like, please just don't tell Peter and Bobby. So what's his end game? Because this is not a sustainable plan. Because all of a sudden, Jan, oh, I'm good at ping pong. And she joins some ping pong club or tournament or whatever. And it's like there, she sucks again. And that's one more big blow to her. Like, And then when she finds out, it's just like the thing. But with the same thing with Bobby, when they find out that everyone's faking, it makes you feel worse. Barry Williams said that this scene disturbed him because Jan is not dressed in a way that would make it easy to play ping pong. Ping pong isn't an easy, even though it looks easy. Right. She's wearing like kind of heels and she's got, you know, like she's dressed up. Yes. And it's interesting Barry mentioned that because you think he would remember in his book, he mentions that in this episode, they let the kids pick out their own wardrobe. (laughs) Normally, I guess they're told what to wear. And for whatever reason, for this episode, they let them pick out their own wardrobe. And he says in his book, Growing Up Brady, they let us kids pick out our own wardrobe for this episode. And we did an okay job, except for the shoes. I inexplicably wear blue and white suede saddle shoes, Maureen's in orange clogs, and Eve spends most of the episode wearing an enormous pair of red patent leather platform pumps. I'm going to have to watch it again to see those shoes. She's not wearing them when she does the tap dance. She wasn't wearing them in the game because I remember seeing what she's wearing. They were like tan. They weren't high heel. They were high-ish. Maybe maybe Barry's confused with another episode. Who knows? Now we're in the girls' room and the three girls are playing Monopoly. They're sitting on the disgusting rug. You think that when they redid the room, they get a new rug. Or they vacuum. Um, Jan wins again. Mm-hmm. Marcia says she's a regular Howard Hughes. When she starts winning everything suddenly, doesn't she have any inkling? No, just like Bobby in that other thing and my sister Shadow. No. We're in the backyard. They're playing darts. Jan beats Bobby and Peter at darts. And I'm thinking, how do they fake that? Yeah, right. They could be worse at darts than her, but she can't be good unless she's really good. Jam walks away and Peter tells Bobby he's a better actor than Richard Burton. And Bobby tells Peter he's a better actor than Elizabeth Taylor. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's a sexism one-two punch there because right before that, Bobby made some remark about no girl's going to beat me or I don't want to get beaten by a girl or whatever. And then the Elizabeth Taylor thing, because of course there's no bigger insult to any male than to call him by a woman's name. Oh, yes. And so that's just a gratuitous sexism one-two punch there. Now we're in the kitchen again, and Carol and Alice are doing dishes. Mm. Why does Carol have... Do they discount Alice's pay? (laughs) Mike comes in with a bunch of groceries. He says they can't look. It's a secret. 
Mm-hmm. Now he's got to put the shit in the refrigerator. Right. Carol says he's keeping it a secret. So when he messes it up, they won't know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> and then Mike reminds him again, it's supposed to be a secret. It's supposed to be top secret. Mm-hmm. Cindy comes in looking for Jan. Carol says she's at the library. Cindy says she was going to let Jan beat her at checkers. Cindy's such an idiot. I know. Mike and Carol are like, what do you mean you're going to let her uh, Wait, you? what? Cindy says, that's what we've been doing to make her think she's good at something. Carol says, how long are you going to do this? And Mike and Carol says, it's not very honest. And, and Carol says, it's not a real victory if, if you're letting her win. Sorry. And also Mike is wearing that groovy paisley striped shirt yes he is now we're in the living room it's mike carol greg and jan greg is telling jan they were only trying to help and jan says Mm. thanks greg goes to get the other kids for dinner mike tells jan it just proves how much her siblings love her Mm. jan says it also proves that everyone feels sorry for jan the loser mike and carol are like come on but you know she's not wrong mike says they were trying to give you confidence jan says i am confident that i'm a no talent loser (laughs) mike says everyone has talent somewhere mike and carol say you just need to keep trying until you find something you're good at Mm. there are lots of things at school they say try out for a play and jan says maybe she will and they make her promise yeah like what the fuck first of all you find your talent by finding what you enjoy doing right and that's another thing where everybody's telling her what to do and also she's been in plenty of fucking plays as we've seen over the past five years was she in any I, well, was. she was in Snow White and Seven Brady's, I mean, oh, yeah. and some other stuff. But also in my sister's shadow a couple seasons before, Carol told her, find out what you can do best and then do your best at it. And it's like, if Jan didn't get the message back then, Mr. Lloyd Schwartz, who never repeats a plot, now they're telling her <laughs> basically the same thing, only I guess they're being more specific about things she should try. Now we're in the family room and Carol is... I think she's doing needlepoint again or sorting yarn or something. I can't know. Alice wants to make her a snack. So she has an excuse to snoop and see what Mike's making for his gourmet dinner. Carol says, now, Alice, we promised. Jan runs in and says she found something she'll be good at. She's trying out for the lead in the school play. Mm. It's like, uh uh-oh. Carol says, that's wonderful. And Alice claps. Mm. And Jan is being very manic. Mm-hmm. Jan is excited about the play, which is about an American girl who goes to Paris and is starving. She's a starving artist. Jan says she has to learn all the lines by tomorrow because she signed up so late. Now, if you're auditioning, you don't need to know all the lines. Yes. To you know the lines for that right. scene. But maybe that's what she means. She mm, runs out maybe. and Carol says, Girls, they're so unpredictable. Alice yes. says, Maybe that's why they grow up to be women. I know. So even Carol and Alice sense. get in on the female bashing. Yes, they do. Written by all script sense. writers. Yes. Now we're at Fillmore Junior High. A boy and a girl have just finished their audition. And this is the weirdest audition because usually, at least in the, any high school place I audition for, you stand there and read lines. Sometimes you read them with somebody else or recite a monologue yes. or something. Sometimes it's not even from the play, yeah. but you don't do a whole scene with props and costumes. I know. I know. It's weird. The teacher calls next Jam Brady and Billy Naylor. Peter is sitting with Jan. He must have gone for like moral support. He's so nice. He says to her, 
remember self-confidence which he probably shouldn't have said yeah, i know really and jan has her character's an artist so she jan has brought not only her palette which seems to have real paints on it why i don't know mm-hmm. and her own painting she's a method actor the teacher's like what's that and jan said oh i i wanted to get into my character so i did this painting yeah she is a method which actually is kind of I right. think that's kind of a good sign. Yes, I, I think but, so too. You know, but Jan keeps messing up her cues and the lines. Billy, <laughs> her uh, scene mate, has a bald wig on. <laughs> yeah. She accidentally calls him Billy. She dumps her purse all over the stage. Why her purse is with her, I don't know. I guess she's supposed to be paying him rent. She dumps paint all over Billy. Mrs. Ferguson, the teacher, laughs and then goes up and asks Jan if she's sure she's up to it. Jan says, no, she's not up to it. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Ferguson says, well, maybe our next play. And Jan says, there won't be a next one for her. And she walks off stage. And Peter looks sad for her. He's mm-hmm. very empathetic. He is the most empathetic character. But also, you know, Jan gives up so easily. If I she know, she enjoyed, really does. She enjoyed. Probably embarrassed and humiliated by messing up like that in yeah. front of all those people in that bizarre audition. I know. Now there's another side view of the Brady house. We're in the family room. Peter and Carol are there and he's eating cookies and milk and Carol's drinking coffee. And Peter tells her Jan's audition was a disaster. He says she'll be more miserable than ever. But Jan comes in and and she's in a really good mood, which is kind of scary. scary in itself. Carol thinks Peter was putting her on and Peter says, no, Jan really bombed. Jan says, boy, did she ever. But she says, Miss Ferguson called her back after the play and said Jan showed talent as a painter. Because Miss mm-hmm. Ferguson is also the art teacher. Yeah. And she liked Jan's painting and wants her to be in art class. And now, if Jan likes painting, like she painted a painting. Right. Wouldn't she have been taking art class? A, wouldn't she have been taking art class? B, wouldn't anybody have noticed her talent before? And C, when she sat down and thought, what am I good at? Maybe she didn't have time to because everybody was bombarding her with suggestions. Well, I like to paint. I like art. I mean, she had a canvas and paint. I know. know. Whatever. Alice comes in to listen. Jan says Miss Ferguson wants her to enroll in her art class. Jan says if she hadn't kept trying, she never would have found out. (laughs) Alice says maybe if she started painting, someone will find out how much she and Raquel Welch have in common. In the Brady Bunch book by Andrew Edelstein and Frank Lavici, they mention that the show seems to have a Raquel Welch obsession. And Mm. they mention about five or six instances where Raquel Welch is mentioned, but they don't note this one which i thought was interesting and peter laughs and carol rolls her eyes oh yes as if alice could ever ever <laughs> oh and alice then... you're so ugly and unsexy <laughs> how, how would then alice says would you believe shirley temple and starts tap dancing and they all laugh and remember when raquel welch was on seinfeld yeah. and she danced <laughs> yes. without moving her arms yes. yes, that was funny yeah. now the tag Carol comes in the kitchen. Mike is making a salad. She asks if it's still a secret. And he says, no, he's going to tell her everything he made. And when I was watching this, at that moment, I thought, that does not look like enough food for nine people. It looks like a very small meal. But anyway, go on. Vichy Vichy Swass. 
Caesar salad, chocolate mousse, which is in the ice box, mm -hmm. tomatoes parmesan on the broiler, asparagus hollandaise, and the piece de resistance, beef bourguignon, champignon. Sounds very good. That makes me hungry. Yeah. Carol says it looks and smells delicious. He says, call all the kids. And she says, oh, they went to a surprise party mm. tonight. And he says, after he spent all this time making this gluck, he calls it gluck. <laughs> He brings the food into the dining area and all the kids are there and yell surprise. Mm -hmm. And it's like he could not see them from right. the kitchen. Right. It's wide open between <laughs> the dining like room and there's open. six of them. I know. And they have props like confetti to throw up and stuff. So. And the kids start chanting, we want to eat. And Mike makes Carol and Alice serve. I know, which I thought was bizarre. He should be serving his own meal, but I think it's to show, yeah, okay, he'll cook this gourmet meal he can do it if he wants to but he's but the man, he's, so. he's sure as hell not gonna serve like a woman he's not gonna no. do that woman's work no he's not oh. and like he just wanted to prove that he is superior to them in right. every way he just chooses not to cook because he's got more important right and he certainly isn't gonna do the although Although, on the other hand, he does work at a job and Carol does absolutely nothing. So the least she could do would be to cook. I right. Guess. But he won't let her work. I know. And that wraps up that episode and our episode 21. Yes. And we'll be back for episode 22, The Cincinnati Kids. Yay. Okay. And until then, stay groovy. Bye bye. <laughs>